This is a trigger warning. This episode covers topics such as eating disorders, body image issues, and mental health issues. If you find these conversations distressing, skip this episode and come back next week. Welcome to the FemiPod. These are conversations about females for everyone to listen to, learn from, and engage with. Brought to you by your Femi founders, Esther Kewen and myself, Lydia O'Donnell. Welcome back to the FemiPod for episode number 81. This week, Est is on a bit of a break, but I have a very special guest and friend with me. Annika Fitzinger is a Kiwi runner who grew up with two very successful running parents, her father, Pete, representing the US in the 84 and 88 Olympics for the marathon, and her mother, Christine, running for New Zealand at the 88 Olympics. Annika, or Annie as we know her, moved to New Zealand from the US at the age of five and has grown up in the sport excelling through her teenage years and early 20s in both running and triathlon over the last five years has suffered severe health challenges. A story we will let Annie tell, but even with all the battles, Annie has come back stronger than ever and recently placed second at the New Zealand cross-country champs, a feat we are sure she didn't imagine she could achieve a few years ago. We can't wait for you to hear her story of strength and resilience. Annie, welcome to the podcast. How are you? Thank you so much. I am good. How are you? Very good. I'm very excited for this conversation. I obviously know you as a friend, but I'd love for the listeners to understand your story and go back right to the start. What were you like as a kid and what relationship did you have with sport growing up as a young girl? Yeah, I was always into sport, I'd say. I obviously, yeah, growing up with two high-level Olympic athlete parents, it was kind of hard to not be into some type of sport. I always like ran for fun, like in primary school and everything. I also played soccer. I was the only girl on our primary school team, which was interesting. Um, I also did combined martial arts, like all through like the later primary school and intermediate years. And yeah, it's always like had a really, I guess, important like part of my life um I've always been like very active very outdoors type of person it must have been quite crazy growing up with parents that were that successful in sport like what sort of influence did they have on you and did you feel particular pressure because they were so successful yeah I never felt any pressure from my parents I there were I felt like there were other expectations from other people who just like weren't necessarily like in the loop or like really knew me or my parents or they just saw the title of Olympian and they were like oh yeah like she's going to be some type of very good athlete like she's got the genes um so there's definitely like a bit of that but it was all like it was never from anybody in like the close circles um I definitely like grew up with like just around runners in general like some of my earliest memories are like at the track or like following mum in the car like during a workout or something like that and then my parents also like both coached so I was also around like various other athletes that they coached um during that time so that like definitely like had an influence on that like I loved being around it and it was always like 
really fun for me. And I always kind of like wanted to to join in. It's like, oh, I want to do that when I'm older. Like that would be really cool. Yeah. So it's kind of always been a dream since you were young to be an elite distance runner. Yeah, I guess so. Like, yeah, like I did other sports for sure, like cycling and swimming and stuff. But running was always the one that I like came back to. And I guess I always hoped that I could like take it to a decent level but I like you know growing up around elite runners you also realize that that's like really really hard to do and it's not everybody's like journey like that's extremely difficult to achieve um so I kind of always wanted to take it like as far as I could I guess and through your teenage years like you obviously did a lot of sport as a younger child what was it like in your teenage years did you turn to running more seriously like at what sort of age yeah like in Year nine, I was still playing soccer, so I was playing at college, and then I was still doing my martial arts. Um, Those two kind of fell away when, yeah, probably at the end of year nine, because kind of all of my sports started wanting a bit more commitment. So martial arts was going to end up being five days a week. And then, you know, soccer, you know, you have team trainings, which you're like expected to show up to um and so I decided that I wanted to focus on more more on running because I like obviously wasn't like I was an okay soccer player but that was because like I was fit <laughs> like my ball handling skills like weren't amazing but I could be everywhere which was like helpful um so yeah I just realized that running was more of my passion and then like, I always swam and cycled as like cross training for running um and just a way to kind of like mix it up get like a little bit more aerobic fitness while like still taking it a bit easier on my body as like a young athlete so I just kind of like naturally did like triathlon and aquathon and duathlon during that time just because like I was like pretty good at it just because I you know swam a couple of days a week and cycled like more for cross training for running really than anything else mm. and were, were your parents coaching you when you're a teenager or have your parents ever coached yeah so like my I don't really think my dad really ever like had a hands-on role. Like I'm sure he had like some type of influence. Um, it was mostly mom and my current coach, Pallone. Um, uh, so Pallone like came on board, probably was like 13 or 14 to have like a little bit more influence. I think just being like maybe being a teenage girl and being coached by your mom, um, you know, might've been a little bit difficult at times. We always got on like super well, but it was always nice to have like, an outside influence so I couldn't like be too stroppy yeah yeah I couldn't imagine being coached by a parent I have friends who have definitely like been coached by their parents in the sport that they do but I just couldn't imagine it either especially being a teenage girl and having that relationship dynamic with your mum would be quite difficult yeah it's just nice having like somebody yeah somebody else there and mum was like always involved in like the day-to-day so she would like take me to and from training and she like organized the like little run squad that we had as well and so she was definitely there for like the day-to-day but I think Pallone more like oversaw like the general program perhaps I'm still I guess I'm still not entirely sure how it worked exactly in those beginning years I just knew I was like running and they were like kind of telling me what to do yeah yeah I, I find it super interesting because running is a really hard sport. We know that like, it's a really difficult sport. It can be really physically challenging on your body, especially at the amount and the level that we run at. And it also can be really mentally challenging and it's not, it's not an easy sport to be qualifying for teams for. There is just a lot of pressure in many different regards in the sport that we play. 
I imagine that your parents and more specifically your mom would have felt a lot of that pressure and expectation when she was performing as well. What was her kind of like approach when you were starting to get more serious into the sport and taking it a lot more seriously? Was she encouraging that she wanted you to be involved in the sport or did she really highlight, I guess, the risks that were involved? I think she she encouraged me, but only if it was something that I actually like wanted to pursue, like myself. Like it was never like driven from her. Um, but yeah, she's definitely had like plenty of experience like in the obviously elite running world um, that she could kind of like draw on and tell me a bit about. But honestly, like 99% of it was extremely positive and sounded like a lot of fun and like something that I'd like really love to do. Yeah. I mean, there's probably pros and cons to it, right? Like your mom's probably lived through some of the challenges and can relate to it. Also, like, yeah, I guess from both regards, like in a really good way, she can be there to support you, but in a bad way, she's probably very aware of like some of the negative things that can can come with the sport. But I would like to say that the positives definitely outweigh the negatives. You just have to- Yeah, I would definitely say so. Like she was definitely like running in like, obviously in the 80s where obviously drugs were like really prevalent. And it was like, I guess, probably a little bit more obvious that people were doping. So I always like grew up with, you know, the knowledge that that was part of the sport. So I always kind of like had that. And then obviously like she'd seen plenty of like athletes fall away due to like eating issues and various things like that. So she like, I definitely had a very like real perspective of what it was what it, was, what it was like it wasn't all like sugar-coated of like how amazing this is like it's like there are obviously going to be like plenty of pros and you know some cons as well mm. and so going through high school and then going into your late teens early 20s talk me through that journey like you were taking running pretty ser- seriously going into your early 20s and you dabbled in triathlon a little bit yeah so I had yeah kind of i an unorthodox kind of like trajectory through it all. Um, so I wasn't training like that much, like in my teenage years, like we always kept it at like a very like manageable level, didn't want me to like burn out or anything. Um, and I was like naturally pretty good at running. So I'd probably like, you know, I'd generally place in like maybe the top 10 at nationals in the cross country or at least the top 15 and do pretty well in, in Auckland and all of that. Um, and then, yeah, moving into like my late teens, I started like I developed some like disordered eating behaviors, which I kind of had for like a few years. And due to that, I started to get a few like bone stress injuries. So after like a bit of a cycle of that, I was cross training so much because I like pretty much couldn't run. Um, like I could definitely not run high mileage without you know, something popping up. Um, So I was cross training on the bike and in the pool heaps. And I was like, well, like I'm doing all this training. Like what if we just pursue triathlon for a little while, see if I can be pretty good at that. Um, So that was like my early twenties. I'd say I might've been like 22, 23 when I kind of started going down that path a little bit more. So I did that for like maybe two or three years, did a couple of half Ironman, a couple of like Olympic distance triathlons. Um, and then actually I did the Toranga half 
Ironman and came forth and like two days later I fell off my bike in like the most ridiculous accident and I tore the labrum in my shoulder and I was told that like I needed surgery or it was going to take like two years to heal and I like didn't like swimming that much anyway so I was like cool we'll just like let it heal for two years because the only time I actually feel it is when I'm swimming and I was like well guess it's time to start focusing on running again so I started doing that again which yeah I guess I just saw it as a sign I'd given my body like a few years to kind of reset and learn like a whole bunch during that time so I thought I could be you know in a good space physically to start pursuing running over triathlon again yeah crazy yeah Yeah, there's always silver linings but I feel like sometimes things happen for a reason not always but sometimes um and it forces you to pivot but it works out in the end Mm -hmm. are you comfortable to talk a little bit more about your eating disorder and body image issues I as I'm sure a lot of our listeners know we speak about this a lot because we know that there are a lot of issues in the sport of running around women suffering body image issues and the pressure to look a certain way as a runner where did those pressures and expectations come from for you like I've I've been thinking about this quite a bit because like where I'm like I'm currently coaching a bunch of teenagers and like I know that it's like a very important part of development and kind of where a lot of your like thoughts that you're going to like move with you into like adulthood are formed and just kind of like looking back on my experience I don't think it was ever like one person or thing or anything it was just like a whole bunch of societal factors and also like very much like some internal factors as well like I wasn't I guess I wasn't like super secure in like who I was like it's such an awkward time like it was at the end of my teen years where I started thinking about that a bit more it's a time when you're like you're going from high school to university you're trying to figure out what you're gonna do with your life like there's just so much kind of like going on that like running was always like my constant right and so I was like okay like I want to be good at running other people around me that are generally beating me look like a certain way like we're not going to train like crazy but what's something that I can kind of do on the side to like potentially get faster and like it's really interesting because like I grew up around elite runners like I knew that that was not like a sustainable thing it's not something that I should have been doing everybody was telling me or like you know making it seem like I you know shouldn't go down that path and I knew like I shouldn't go down that path but for some reason I had to learn the hard way that that was not something that like I should be doing and I sure did learn the hard way um so yeah I'd say it's definitely like it was never like one particular thing it was I guess seeing other runners and like what they look like seeing like elite runners and being wanting to be an elite runner and like not clicking in my brain that they have been training for like 10 to 15 years they have to fuel to be able to train and like when you see them you see them generally like when they're at the very peak of their fitness right so they're going to the olympics they're going to the world champs they're on tv like that's when you see them and it's like not something that like 
a young person can achieve in like a healthy way (laughs) and like honestly not something that like most people can achieve in a healthy way is that you just can't I was just I guess I was just comparing myself to others um that I was seeing around me for sure yeah I'm so glad you said that and really highlight the fact that yeah these potential women that we and you know especially community runners and social runners are comparing themselves to look like these women who are at the peak of their fitness or winning you know even national titles but definitely olympics and world championship titles like these women are built that way for a particular reason like you really can't just judge a book by its cover as cliche as it sounds there's so many underlying factors the way they look that way and it is unsustainable they don't look like that all the time Uh, and there's ways that you can perform at your highest potential and reach your potential by not taking these short-term paths to like get to this place that's just like yeah an unsustainable place to be anyway so I think it's such an important conversation to have and we have it all the time but it's still so hard for women to get out of that mindset of comparison and like I've suffered it or Esther suffered it there's so many women around us who are and have been there what would you say to women who are wanting to like really perform well in their running and they're not necessarily like competitive national champion runners but runners who want to enjoy their running and and also reach their goals what is your kind of advice to those women who want to get there in a sustainable way yeah good question I think it's kind of finding what works for you like physically mentally and emotionally right so not finding a way that you can like train and run in a way that like brings you joy and makes you feel good about yourself and just kind of focus on yourself trying to ignore all of the external factors try and ignore you know the runner up ahead of you or that person on social media or anything and just kind of like lean into your your journey and just like think about yourself and how you can potentially like make yourself better or reach your goals but never put like a physical or like time goal or anything out there without like taking into account like your mental health and making sure that you know that is also in a good space like you have to like if you're going to perform generally you're going to perform your best right when you're also happy and in like a really good space um yeah so I'd say that's probably like one thing that I have really learned over the last little while for sure yeah I love that can we talk about yeah the last little while which I think is (laughs) probably you're referring to the last like three or four five, five years you've been on a huge journey yourself with your health and your mental health tell me about their journey. I, I know like bits and pieces of it, but I think it's, um, it's important for our listeners to understand kind of where you've been to like where you are now. Sure. Yeah. It has been a wild ride. Um, I'll try not to go into like too, too much detail, but I'll, I'll give you the, you know, the main point. So about almost exactly five years ago, I was actually five years like two weeks ago, um, I had been training in Boulder, so up at altitude. Um, I was feeling great. I'd run a 10K personal best like a month before, and I went to the Beach to Beacon road race um, down in Maine, and I raced that. It was like a pretty elite field. There were like great people there. I was really lucky to get into it. I was like super excited, super fit, ready to go. And I started that race and I felt awful, like just so bad. I 
felt like I was running all out and I wasn't even running like my half marathon pace. Um, so I finished that race like super disappointed, dead last, almost got caught by the men. Um, it was horrendous. And I was like, okay, like I've got low iron. That's got to be it. Like that's got to be that feeling. And so I spent two weeks down at sea level, got a bunch of tests done. Everything came back normal, um, which was like great. But like also like, well, why did I feel so bad? And I started to feel like a little bit better. So I decided to do Falmouth Road Race, which I'd been entered in started that same thing happened I pulled out um I went back to Boulder and I was exhausted I started getting splitting headaches like absolutely debilitating headaches I was still trying to jog a bit um but also like trying to get down to the bottom of what was going on and I saw a bunch of specialists up there like also like alternative medicine people as well as like sports doctors had like a VO2 max and lactate test consulted with a nutritionist like did a whole bunch of things but the doctor was really concerned about my headaches because they were like debilitating headaches and so she was actually worried that I had a brain tumor so I went and got an MRI just to rule that out and luckily like it came back like fine everything was all good so I spent a little bit more time in the states and then came home kept kind of looking for answers still felt awful just exhausted was winded walking up the stairs waking up with a headache like every day any type of exercise would give me a headache um I felt nauseous a lot I yeah just was really not in a good way um and after six months of tests and kind of ruling out everything serious seeing various specialists and everything one doctor was like well it's been six months now where you've been tired for no reason that we can find at all in any of your tests. So you have chronic fatigue syndrome. I was like, okay, cool. So like, what does that mean? And he's like, well, we don't really know that much about it. Um, you have to rest a lot and hopefully you'll feel better in two years, but you might not as well. <laughs> and so yeah, understandably, like I cried on the way home from that appointment just because like I had no idea what was going on. Um, and yeah, I just, I was still kind of probably trying to jog like a tiny bit at that time, just like keep my body moving. Um, but yeah, kind of after that appointment, kind of realized that like I should probably just stop running and rest. Um, I still kept seeing like various medical professionals like saw um like a neuro person saw a bunch of like alternative health people health people um to see if there was like anything that we could do because there's just really not that much known about it like about chronic fatigue um we don't really know like what necessarily brings it on it's different for different people um for me, we think like I was going through a period of like pretty intense stress with like a breakup and I probably had a virus of some description at the time and just like, and also with like training at altitude, like probably just like a whole bunch of those factors, my body just like shut down. Um, but it really does vary for everybody. Um, but yeah, there's not really not much known about what to do or like how to how to get out of it so it was just kind of like 
winging it, I guess, like seeing who I could see and hope that they would have, you know, some advice that would help. Um, but ultimately, like none of those like specialists or the supplements or the diet or any of those things really helped. Um, and I just ended up stopping kind of searching because that was also like really stressful. And when you have chronic fatigue, like it, that was not like a restful thing for me to be doing it was stressful it was like mentally really draining um just having to like rehash it all the time um and go all over the place for different appointments uh, so I just ended up pretty much just shutting shutting all that stuff down and just doing like what I could throughout the day which wasn't that much I was working part-time um from home often from my bed because I was so tired um and yeah I did that for probably like two years or a year and a half to two years no real exercise I got into like a little bit of rock climbing because it was like a very small like burst of like energy I guess which was kind of fun but yeah I couldn't really do anything else wow that's so crazy and sad and scary I can't actually imagine what it would be like to almost be like bed bedridden for that amount of time did you, yeah. yeah, did you go throughout that period of time, like, did you see any irregularities in your cycle? Was there any like conversation about your menstrual cycle and what was going on there with your female hormones? No. So that was like an interesting one for me because I had like lost my period in the past. And so I was like, oh, like, you know, it's kind of weird. Like if my body was under this much stress, surely like wouldn't my, like my hormones just kind of like go all out of rhythm and would I like potentially lose my period and yeah I never did throughout that entire time which I thought like I don't know I just kind of found that a little bit interesting I guess like yeah well that's awesome that your body can function you know yeah yeah it, was, yeah it was really good it's just like everything else shut down I guess <laughs> but that was fine which is interesting so it was like there's no way that I could have like reproduced during that time and being a, a healthy happy person yeah crazy yeah and what was your mental health like throughout those two three years yeah it was pretty rough so I've always been like a reasonably anxious person I guess I've kind of learned that more and more now and um I also learned that running was pretty much like my therapy it was the thing that kind of kept everything at bay you know it was the time where I could actually like shut my brain off my or to an extent shut my brain off my I have a very busy brain most of the time I guess um but yeah with the chronic fatigue my anxiety got horrendous um just not knowing what the day held and if I was going to be in like chronic pain that day if I'd be you know able to maybe like go out for a coffee or actually I wasn't drinking coffee, go out for a decaf coffee <laughs> um, or, you know, go over to my partner's family's house for dinner. Like I just had to be so careful with my energy because if I overdid it, I would pay for it for like a week. Um, and it just like most things just weren't worth it. So I could probably do like one like activity even if that's like going to the supermarket or something per day um and so just like not knowing what the day held or the week held or if I'd like fall back into like a worse period of fatigue or if my headaches would be worse like I was um yeah very anxious 
I ended up seeing like a therapist towards the end of it. Um, and she's like, yeah, you're, you're pretty much having like anxiety attacks. And I'm like, oh, okay, like, that's what that is. Then like, I would like, if I had to like take a phone call for work and for some reason that had wound me up, I would like just start shaking. And like my, my system was just so wound up at that time. Um, so I'm actually currently like one of the things that I can say, like definitely helped me kind of come out of the fatigue I'd say other than just time and rest was I ended up going on medication for anxiety and depression and just having that lifted away and not having like being anxious is exhausting like it's so tiring so if you already have chronic fatigue on top of that like it's going to be really hard to like recover because you just have like so much going on that's like bringing you down and making you tired and so like after I went on that, that's when I saw the biggest improvement in my fatigue levels. Um, and yeah, that was that was honestly huge. Like it was really scary and hard to like do it. But I was like, well, can't just like keep going the way I'm going. Mm-hmm. So yeah, went into that. And that was, yeah, that was a huge difference for me. Wow. Yeah. I mean, it's so amazing that you were able to find something that did work in the end um, I think there's a lot of stigma around medication for people suffering anxiety and depression but like your story and where you are now you know I'm sure you wouldn't have got to where you are now without it so I think it's so awesome to openly have those conversations about medication and how important it can be for people who are suffering what were other things that kind of helped you like for the listeners who don't know any recently got seconds cross-country champs in New Zealand which is an amazing result for anybody but to look back at your journey and to see you you know cross that line in second place is so amazing what has the last couple of years been like like what have you done to kind of get from that place of being really at the bottom of the bottom to where you are now it's it's super inspiring thank you it was yeah it was a really special moment that um that race I guess so I started to feel a bit better maybe like two two and a half years ago and I like started to jog a bit. This was before I went on medication. And then I actually did one race. I did the National Road Relay Champs. Um, and mentally, like I was not in like a great space, I think, to do that. I had not set myself up well. I got moved from like the B team to the A team last minute. And I was like super stressed because like I wasn't like running super well at the moment. And I just like... I relapsed after that race. So I went into another six, like I had kind of come out of the chronic fatigue and was running a bit. And then I relapsed after that for like maybe six to nine months. Um, And I think that's when I realized that I really needed to get on top of like my mental health. Um, So I like did therapy and like learned a whole bunch of mindfulness techniques, which like really helped still like to this day. And then I also like reached out and got some medication. And then after that, I felt like I was, in a better space to kind of start running a bit more and it just like it started by running with the high schoolers that I coach so I just like I jump in to like their 30 minute run in strides or whatever and then you know I started to like get fit and it felt really nice and so I'd like jump into their their long runs and all of a sudden I was like oh like I'm like I'm decently fit, but it was never anything structured. And like, I had hardly talked to my coach about training in, well, pretty much the entire time that I had chronic fatigue because 
if you write something down on like a training program, I'm going to do it, even if I know it's like not great for me. So I was just kind of doing my own thing, which really helps and really listening to my body. Um, and then, yeah, like before National Cross Country in 2022, I like realized that I was like half decently fit. So I did like one workout and then I did the National Cross Country Champs. <laughs> and from there, it would like kind of got me excited um, to start like running again. But then, yeah, I went overseas for a month and then got COVID. So I didn't run for like another three months, pretty much. <laughs> but after that, like I like I started running again. And I felt like I was in a space where I could like talk to my coach and we could like maybe put some like tentative goals down. And so that was probably like January this year. I was camping and I was just like running and just like really enjoying it. Like did a couple of workouts, just like pretty I just kept it so so chill. Like I tried not to have any expectations because um, it's really easy to compare yourself to like fit you from like previous years. But like we're a new Annie now. Like we we can't compare to that Annie. It's very different. You're a very different person now. Um, so yeah, I started doing like a little bit more structured training. Did the national 5K champs. Did like a half marathon. Um, and then like, decided like hey like I think I can be like reasonably competitive I feel like I'm in a good like a really good place mentally I'm just really enjoying the process of running and getting fit and I think I can like put a tentative goal down and that was national cross country um so yeah I got I guess like a really good like 10 week training block never anything crazy um like listening to my body I do my coach does like my workouts and gives advice on like weekly mileage um but from there I'm kind of like pretty free to do my own thing which I think is really good for me because if like I have to really balance like my work my personal life and my running and how like make sure I take all of it into account not just the running and the like impact that has on you know, my energy levels. Um, so I kind of, yeah, just got to a space where I like, felt like I could do that consistently, which was, yeah, it felt good to like put a goal down, but it was also like terrifying. It was so scary. Yeah, I feel you. I also feel like being away from racing for a long time, it's like terrifying coming back to it and being like, what am I like physically capable of, but also like mentally able to accept and believe that I'm like able to achieve that it is quite a tough task and scary but I also think it is important to you know for us to continue to like believe in ourselves and set those goals and like chase them obviously it's something we love doing so yeah, when definitely. you spoke about yeah you kind of manage your own programming with the input of mm -hmm. your coach for workouts do you take into into account your menstrual cycle at all I I definitely track it and I'm aware of like where I am in my cycle. I don't like necessarily alter my training unless I'm, you know, I'm getting my period on like a really unfortunate day, like a long run or something. And I just feel like absolutely terrible if I have cramps or anything. Um, but I always kind of like take it into account. So if I have a big workout, so say like leading into national cross country, I had like my last big workout of like the build up, like 
<clears throat> like a week, 10, 10 days-ish out from the race. And I knew my period was due around then. So I was in like a high hormone phase and I'm like, oh, this could like not go super well, but like I'm going to get the effort in. I'm going to, you know, see how I feel and just like give myself grace if I don't feel great and just like try to get, you know, the best out of myself. I had like the best workout that I had had. Like it was one of those workouts that I've done like multiple times and I, you know, I did it really well. So I definitely like, I take it into account. I just like, I try not to take it personally if a workout goes bad. If it's like, if I'm not feeling great, and things aren't clicking and, you know, I'm not like hitting the times I necessarily want to hit. And I like, can't really figure out why I'm like, wait, where am I in my cycle? And then I'll be like, oh yeah, like, that's why <laughs> like, of course, that's why you're like not feeling as peppy as like you normally would feel. But then also like, you know, in the two weeks after my period, I'm always like, yes, like, I know I'm going to feel like pretty good. <laughs> and like running is just going to like come that much easier. And it's just going to, yeah, feel nice. So it's yeah. always like something nice to look forward to, I guess. That's true. And it's like it's the best feeling when you plan a race and then you work out your menstrual cycle and you find it out. It's like, yeah, like that kind of 10 days to 15 days post your period. You're like, yeah, that's the best <laughs> timing ever. Yeah, like, really. we, we know we can race well at any time in our cycle. It's just yeah. understanding your body. So I think it's awesome that you track your cycle and definitely like listen to your body. I really love the story of you kind of coming back into running after that time off and like how important your athletes, what part they played in bringing you back into the sport in a really healthy and sustainable way. And I also was coaching at a school in New Zealand. I think it's so amazing to have that impact on young kids, especially young women. Um, mm -hmm. Tell me about your coaching journey, like, and how, what impact do they have on you and your, your life as an athlete, as well as a coach? Yeah, so actually when I first started coming down with like chronic fatigue symptoms, I had talked with my parents about, you know, setting up a bit of a coaching business. And obviously that kind of like went by the wayside because I like couldn't really do anything, let alone like start a business at that stage. Um, so I kind of got thrust into coaching here in, yeah, a kind of strange way. The local coach who had been here for years and years and was actually my partners coach through high school um, all of a sudden left and went back to the states kind of in the middle of like the second like COVID lockdown <laughs> that New Zealand had um, and he hadn't really lined up a coach to kind of take over all of these high schoolers he was coaching um, so we have high schoolers from like all different schools and so my partner and I were like oh like okay, like we'll, we'll go down and, you know, meet the team and see, you know, like if we can work something out. And I just like, because my schedule is so flexible, I went down to one of their scheduled trainings and like introduced myself and kind of like, because there was no one else really there to take over, just kind of like took over. Um, so yeah, I kind of got like really thrust into it, but they are like amazing. They're so inspiring and it's just so fun to be a part of their development and you know see the the great improvements that you often see in in high school it's like super fun um they also like they keep you really like grounded um and you know they make me want to be like a better person because I want to be a positive influence on them especially like my young girls um I've you know come across quite a few 
young girls already that have had issues with eating um, and have, you know, helped them through it. And that, like, I just want to maybe, like, just just change that, like, cycle or have some input on that cycle. Because often if there's, like, certain people that are, like, participating in certain behaviours, um, like other people see it and it has an influence on them. So just trying to kind of like, I guess, kind of stop that cycle or do what I can to be like a positive influence when it comes to like body image and eating and recovery and your relationship with sport and just like trying to keep them in the sport as well as I move through high school, which is like really hard to do. Um, Yeah. So they're just, they're like honestly like the highlight of my week is going to coaching they're probably going to listen to this and they're going to get a big head but <laughs> it's fine I have to tell them at some point like <laughs> oh, and I think it's so it's so powerful and I think we as you know elite athletes who have lived through it and also are now still competing and have been able to benefit off the sport I think it's part of our responsibility to like continue to give back and like really guide the next generation of young people coming through our sport to make sure that they do it in a really like healthy and sustainable way too. So I'm sure, yeah, your, your athletes are very, very lucky to have you shout out to them for listening. If you are, But um, yes, very lucky to have Annie as a coach because it's really incredible when people go through something really challenging and really painful and they kind of turn that into their power. And, you know, I think for a lot of athletes, especially female athletes who have or are performing at the top level um most of us have gone through something pretty challenging and unfortunately it's all quite a similar story but for us to be able to speak about those stories is like so powerful I think a lot of people underestimate how powerful it is so you're doing an amazing job two two quick fire questions which probably really are intertwined into that last conversation but the first one being for you, if you could go back to your 15-year-old self, what would you tell Annie? Ooh, I would tell her to be patient, um, to not try to force change on yourself. Do not just lean into your own journey. Like, don't worry about what other people are doing. Just, you know, work on yourself and yeah see where that takes you just be patient and stick at it don't try and rush things it won't work I love that I wish you told myself that too when I was younger (laughs) and the last question which is a big question but also one that we know is forever changing what is your purpose Ooh, yeah I'd like to end on like the really hard ones eh (laughs) um I'd say my purpose at the moment would be probably to use my experience over the last um, 10 or so years um, and maybe help guide other people, like I guess probably like the younger generation um, and kind of help guide them to enjoy running in a healthy and sustainable way. I love that. That's so special and you're definitely doing it, which is so cool to see. And it's just so awesome to see like you come back from yeah those really challenging times and see what what you're doing now from a coaching perspective, but also like as an athlete, you're out there crushing it and 
yeah, I think it's so inspiring for so many people to hear your story. So I'm sure many of our listeners would have absolutely loved this conversation. If you do want to get in touch with Annie, we will link her Instagram into our show notes. So you can go along and give her a follow. I'm sure she wouldn't mind any DMs sliding through. Um, and then if you want to give us any feedback or send us any questions, you can get at, at us on Instagram at femi.co or head to our website, femi.co. Thank you so much, Annie. We really appreciate your time. Well, thank you so much.